Let me begin our series with um, four simple words as a question. Do you admire Jesus? Do you admire Jesus? If you're a Christ follower, this should be one of your identifying passions. A true Christ follower admires Jesus and wants to be like Him. Today we begin our study of the eight characteristics of a true Christ follower as defined in Scripture. And here's the first characteristic. Extraordinary characteristic number one, a Christ follower lives like Jesus. If this sounds obvious to you, that's good. Because to anyone who knows Scripture, it should be obvious that a true Christ follower is devoted to being like Jesus in thought, in speech, and in behavior. And to this point, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, This is how we know we tr- are truly in Christ. Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. Although it is obvious that a Christ follower should live like Jesus, it is not as obvious how a Christ follower becomes like Jesus. So let's spend the rest of our time today studying this all-important question. How? How does a Christ follower live like Jesus? And for the answer, uh, please turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning with verse 15. If you're using the Bible provided for you, this is on page 764. Now, you may assume that living like Jesus is a matter of willpower. Uh, You may assume that living like Jesus is just the result of sheer effort. But if you assume that living like Jesus is just the result of trying hard and harder, well, you'd be wrong. Because here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you now and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Let's go back to uh, verse 15, where Jesus says, If you admire me, then you will follow my way of life. Which is a good paraphrase for those words, If you love me, you will obey what I command. With this statement in mind, I'm really interested in what Jesus says next. Because after Jesus says, if you admire me, then you will follow what I have taught you about how to live. After Jesus says this, you'd think that Jesus' next words would be, so don't forget what I told you. Don't forget, because you've got to know what I told you in order to live like me. And don't stop trying, because you know it's going to be hard to live like me. After all, I'm God. So you better work really hard at this and try really hard and don't give up. Give it everything you've got. Keep on trying, okay? But no, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus doesn't say anything about trying to live his life, trying to follow his way of life. In fact, Jesus seems to assume that his followers cannot live like him. 
And that's why he immediately brings up the topic of his Holy Spirit. Because Christ followers do not live like Jesus by trying to live like Jesus. Instead of telling his followers, hey folks, um, try hard to live like me. Uh, in verse 16, Jesus tells them that the Father will give them another counselor, uh, the, who is the Spirit of truth. And then in verse 17, Jesus says that his Spirit will indwell his followers. And Jesus says, uh, you know him, the Spirit of truth, because he lives with you now and will be in you. So now let's go back to our original question. How does a Christ follower live like Jesus? Well, according to Jesus, the only way we can live like him is by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And this just makes sense when you think about you know, what it really means to live like Jesus. Uh, Jesus lived a supernatural life where Jesus touched people and healed them, where Jesus changed ordinary water into extraordinary wine, where he brought dead people back to life. But even bigger miracle, he loved people who hated him. He forgave people who hurt him. Jesus lived an extraordinary, supernatural life of joy and confidence and peace and power that I cannot imitate. You cannot imitate. It can't be imitated. The fact is, no one can live like Jesus except Jesus. If you listen to what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 14, you'll hear him saying, here's the only way you can live like me. The only way you can live like me is if I come and I live in you. You cannot live the supernatural life of Jesus through your natural, natural effort. Because only Jesus can live like Jesus. Uh, just a quick showing of hands, because um, I, I just need to know. Uh, do you remember, how many people remember the old Dean Jones movie called The Shaggy D.A.? Anybody remember that? Well, yeah, yeah. Condolences. Condolences. Uh, uh, it's the story of a guy named Mr. Daniels who is trying to run for district attorney, DA. But his evil opponent gets a hold of a magic ring that ends up sending Mr. Daniels into the body of Elwood, the shaggy dog who hangs out at the neighborhood ice cream shop. Now, going into the body of the shaggy dog was not good for Mr. Daniels, but it was great for Elwood the dog because uh, with Mr. Daniels in him, Elwood could do things he could never do otherwise. And the movie gets to its comedy peak when you have sh the shaggy dog talking and reading a newspaper and driving a car and running for district attorney. It is really an awful movie. <laughs> an awful, awful. One of the worst I've ever seen. But... Um, but it has a very important principle in it, which brings me to what theologians call the shaggy dog principle. <laughs> Actually, I'm the only theologian who knows this principle. And I use theologian loosely, obviously. But I think it's going to catch on. Uh, anyway, the principle is simply a reflection on the fact that by himself, Elwood, the shaggy dog, could never learn to read a newspaper no matter how hard Elwood tried. Uh, it's hard enough to train a dog to use a newspaper, much less use, you know, read a newspaper. But when Elwood received the spirit of Mr. Daniels, suddenly Elwood could do what a dog could not do and only a human could do. Just like Elwood, the shaggy dog, 
could never live like a human just by trying harder. You can't live like Jesus by trying harder. The only way to live like Jesus is to have his spirit indwelling you. This is so important. It is so important to understand this because if you get into the failure cycle of trying to live like Jesus, and many of us have, you got into this failure cycle where we're trying harder, harder, harder to live like Jesus, you will just be full of feelings of frustration and guilt. But when you allow the Spirit of Jesus to take control you will see these eight characteristics of a Christ follower that we're going to go over as an adventure, an adventure of life change and not a legalistic list of duties and have-tos. And so this is the Bible's answer to the question we started with. How does a Christ follower live like Jesus? Answer, the Christ follower lives like Jesus by surrendering control to the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, This answer, that the Christ follower lives like Jesus by surrendering control to the indwelling Holy Spirit, does bring up two more questions. First, who is the Holy Spirit? And second, how do I surrender control? How do I surrender control to the Holy Spirit? Let's touch briefly on these two questions. Question number one, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus who lives in believers, enabling them to live out Christ-likeness. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus who lives in believers, enabling them to live out Christ-likeness. Speaking of this Spirit of Jesus, in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus who lives in believers, enabling them to live like Jesus. Now you may be asking yourself, does this mean that the Holy Spirit and Jesus are the same? And the answer is yes and no. Because here we're getting into the mystery of the Trinity. God the Holy Spirit and God the Son are different persons, but the same God. Notice in verse 16, here we're going back to John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus says, the Father will give you another counselor. And especially in the Greek, that phrase, another counselor, emphasizes both distinctiveness and continuity at the same time. Jesus is saying, I was your first counselor, but the Father will give you a second counselor who is distinct from me and the same as me. Jesus emphasizes that the Holy Spirit is a distinct person when Jesus says the Spirit is another counselor. But also notice how Jesus repeatedly emphasizes how he and the Spirit are the same. In verse 17, Jesus says to his disciples, you don't need to be afraid of this Spirit because you already know him. And here he's referring to himself and Jesus says, the Spirit has already lived with you, but now will be in you. And then Jesus says, Uh, In verse 18, Jesus says, I will come to you. And in verse 20, Jesus says, I will be in you. Jesus is saying, I am going to be living in you through the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not a nameless, faceless force. The Holy Spirit is a person. The second person of the Trinity, sometimes called the Spirit of Jesus or the Spirit of Christ, who is given as a gift to everyone who is a child of God through faith in what Jesus did on the cross. And when one puts his faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, 
that person becomes a child of God and immediately receives the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower them to live like Jesus. So that's the first question. Who is the Holy Spirit? Question number two. How do I surrender control to the Holy Spirit? The first thing to do is ask. Step one, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11. Which of you fathers, if your little boy comes up to you and asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you his Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, God has arranged it so the people... Uh, that follow him are about as filled with his Holy Spirit as they want to be. Those who truly want to be more like Jesus ask for the Holy Spirit. Those who are apathetic about this, well, they don't make room for God in their lives, which leads us to the second step. Step two, make room for the Holy Spirit in your life. God can't fill your life with his, with his Holy Spirit if you're already full. God can't come in with the Christ-likeness of His Spirit if you're already full of selfishness and greed and gossip that you won't let go. God can't lead you if there's no room in your schedule because your calendar's full of your plans and your agendas. God can't fill you with His Word if you already want to fill your life with TV. God can't fill you if your life is too full to squeeze Him in. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk on wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And being filled here in Ephesians means to allow the Holy Spirit to expand, to expand His influence into every corner of your life by making room for the Holy Spirit. And since this Greek word to fill is in the present tense of continuation, Paul is saying, do not get drunk on wine, but keep on and keep on and keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, giving the Spirit more and more and more room to expand in your life. What Paul is doing here is comparing wine to the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, when a person drinks wine and then keeps on drinking wine, eventually there comes this invisible point where the person is no longer in control, but the wine is in control. There is this invisible point where the drinker is not in control of his mind and body and tongue, but the drink is in control. It's the same way with God's Holy Spirit. When you keep on making room for the Holy Spirit in your life, as you keep on asking Jesus and the Spirit of Jesus to control your thoughts and words and actions, you will eventually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do you know when you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You're filled with the Holy Spirit at that invisible point when you are no longer in control, but God is in control of your life. As you keep on drinking the Holy Spirit's control over you, your thoughts and your actions and your behaviors, your speech, there comes this invisible point where you are no longer steering your life, but you're driving your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Jim Cimbala is a pastor of a church down the road uh, called the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And something very strange happened in his church not too long ago. Pastor Cimbala came to the end of his sermon and he moved to the side of his pulpit and he closed his eyes and he, he asked people to come down from their seats, to leave their seats and come down to the front of the, uh, of the room in order to commit to following Jesus. And because he had his eyes closed, he didn't realize that only one person got up and that one person was wearing a green shirt, khaki pants, and had a gun. 
And uh, that person came up toward the, toward the pastor with this loaded gun pointed directly at him. But still with his eyes closed, the pastor was just saying to people to come to Jesus. And, you know, everybody that was there was saying, pastor's about ready to go to Jesus. And uh, <laughs> then it happened. The man with the gun walked up face to face with the pastor. And then he put his gun on the pulpit. And then fell to his knees and began to weep and saying, Jesus, I give up. Jesus, I give up. And it turns out that uh, he wasn't going to shoot the pastor. But he was going to shoot someone later that day who he felt had ruined his life. And that gun symbolized where his life had gone under his control. And so this man surrendered his gun to Jesus as a sign that he wanted to commit his life to Christ and to surrender the control of his life to the spirit of Jesus. And in a moment, Josh Fay is going to come and he's going to ask you to take out that commitment card again that I mentioned earlier. And there is nothing magical about this card, but there is something special about this moment. Because by filling out this card, you are saying something to God. Uh, you're saying that you want God to be in control of your life. I suppose if you uh, ignore this commitment opportunity, you're also saying something to God. When we collect this, these cards, I hope that you will just lay down this card into that plate, um, much like that man laid down his gun, as a public sign that you desire to be an extraordinary follower of Jesus who lives like Jesus, not by trying harder, but by surrendering control to His Holy Spirit, His indwelling Spirit, who makes you like Jesus. Let's talk to Him now. Lord, lead us into the extraordinary life of a Christ follower. Lord, help us to live like Jesus by Your indwelling Spirit says we simply ask, as we ask you to fill us, and then as we make room in our lives to give you total control, Lord, we pray that you would make us those people who are living truly extraordinary lives. And Lord, as we make this commitment, Lord, may this be that moment where you change us in a big way for an extraordinary life. Amen.